0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire cartoon fan podcast. This is episode 3D, and today we'll be talking about Anne Theft Auto and Breakout Star from Amphibia.
1: I'm GC13. And I'm David. Good job for getting through those episode titles. <laughs> Anne Theft Auto is hard, hard to say.
0: It's, uh, it's a tough one. But I do think that we found an early candidate for my favorite episode of Amphibia, at least season one.
1: Oh, okay. So between the pair. Are you referring to the Bessie episode where it's so sweet and Anne, you know, goes deep into Hop-Hop's writings? Or do you just weirdly like the politics of Amphibia and a sort of reverse episode about a main character that actually wants to keep their pimples? Hmm, I'm gonna say Bessie episode.
0: Yeah, you you know me too well. I, I can't help but, uh, but love it when Anne is the, the the sweet main character we
1: know she can be. It is adorable that the lesson doesn't get learned at the end. <laughs> She's just fully engrossed in the book. And uh, by the time, you know, we actually do make it back around to Hop-Hop and tell him that the book's been read. She just laughs maniacally when he says, now time for some experience. So <laughs> that's wonderful. I do like the Bessie backstory. I loved his, I don't feel safe. (laughs) That is probably one of the best lines of the show, actually. It's just, uh, there, it's, it's lines like that that I, you know, there's nothing adult about it, but it just, it has that type of humor that is fun, fun to see in, in a, in a show primarily for kids. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like, what it is but (laughs) also i mean just playing off the simpsons meme of i'm in danger you know connects and then of course you have the uh
0: the old lady croaker on her ladybug ah you're right sprig you did get played you got played (laughs) expertly
1: oh she's wonderful yeah this was uh really solid although simple premise and i liked seeing hop hop in the past i don't understand how the bessie story works because he starts narrating like the day she was born but then he buys her at an auction way before
0: he ever bought her maybe he was like working at the the farm where she was born like as an odd job before he inherited his own farm and then that's where he got involved in uh her sale and he had to he had to win the auction for her i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i like that sprig never made it past the descriptions of leaves good on Anne for being stuck in the middle of the woods and getting past it because there was something compelling afterward and he
0: didn't spend much effort uh describing the leaves not on that page anyway did you actually pause it and read uh, the first two pages, because oh, I did. Those pages was, actually had very text? very fascinating.
1: Because some of the shots just have scribble. Okay.
0: That was very real text on there, and he he's doing the thing where, you know what they say, you know, red on the pillar, go see Miller, you know, named after this guy, and then, you know, and of course that was named after this lady, and uh, that saying was named after this person. It's very fascinating.
1: Well, I mean, is it just ramble to fill a page... Of text,
0: yes, <laughs> yes, it is. But it is, it is awesome, awesome rambling. Now we need to pay Alex Hirsch to read it in Hootie's voice.
1: Oh God, <laughs> because that would so fit Hootie. It's very, very innate but also cause great pain. GC, be careful what you wish for. Although it'd probably be hilarious.
0: I don't know if if I were if I were living at the Owl House, I'd probably be the nicest person to
1: Hootie. <laughs> <laughs> you know that is definitely true. But yeah, so. Every honestly it like it's good that this is your potentially favorite episode at least of this season because it has all the great amphibia tropes it has the very wholesome story it has Anne growing in some way with this family and connecting with a member and also it has super grotesque uh, um you know not villains but super grotesque creatures in it the little cute hedgehogs were god yeah I don't I don't
0: think uh, Hot Pop captured their essence at all in that illustration.
1: Nope. Use they use the like sort of over the garden wall trick of having glowing eyes. Just that automatically for some reason makes monsters look scarier. They have the awful craggled snouts. I
0: don't know. They looked diseased or something. Like maybe these hedgehogs had parasites.
1: Yeah, they had weird red splotches and oh yeah. Honestly, I'm not even sure if they're. This might be one of the grossest looking monsters in the show, which sure.
0: They looked like undead hedgehogs.
1: It it, it was so obvious, though, that as Anne was holding up the book, that it was going to be, you know, directly behind the pages. Yeah. So one yeah. of those classic shots, but you still enjoy it.
0: I liked her just eating the leaves like like their <laughs> potato chips while she's reading the reading the story. That was that was a nice touch.
1: Well, it's great because, what, we're only five, six episodes? Well, you know, there's pairs of episodes, but whatever. We're not that far in, and Anne's already gone from eating bugs to just straight up leaves off the ground. So, you know, that's actually silent character development right there.
0: Yep. She's getting a taste for it. Watch out. <laughs> she uh, d- definitely got a taste for fame, if I may segue into Breakout Star. I think, think there are a lot of teenagers that would kill to have a pimple breakout like that. Yes, you have to just hide in your room all day, but as as soon as it's over, you're you're healthy. You're good to go. No yeah. more pimples. Either that or that butter was like not fatty at all.
1: Anne had a very, very strange case of zits that they just healed overnight. But whatever. Uh, I like that the premise of the episode is that Anne is still regularly horrifying to people. But that with a very small modification, uh, warts, which I don't even know if we've seen a frog with warts like these, which is, you know, why they're so rare and everybody freaks out. Um, but she immediately has, you know, paintings and statues erected for her. And I don't get it. The- Toadsworth is d- just ripping these people off because they do look like true classic villagers. And yet this dude is getting some honestly pretty nice stuff. Uh, pretty, pretty nice mansion, pretty nice servant. I don't know how. Why do you think the village is so impoverished? He embezzled all the money. Yeah, on, like, effectively, grotesquely. <laughs> he, he, he is good at what he does, and that is so sad. Classic example of, um, workers needing to rise up. The rich get richer. Mm hmm.
0: I, th- I thought it was a very nice touch, though, with the uh, the painting of her kicking back on the couch with the drink, and then she sits back with the exact same drink in the exact same pose. <laughs> very nice touch. I love it when artists do that.
1: Well, it's I don't know why, but I was just obsessed with the detail that from multiple, like that painting, you know, as is, is someone spent enough time on it that in multiple shots, you know, it's actually tracked in like 3D, like three-dimensionally on the wall, and it's visible in every shot of uh, you know Anne talking in that room. I don't know they could have not done that, but they did because it's a great painting. I also love the little mouse door <laughs> for for oh, yes yes uh, whatever his name is little servant for the help. Yeah, that was adorable. Um, and okay, so weird detail. Well, first of all, Hop up, you know, having the life advice that. You should always (laughs) be nice to people when they're famous, even when, because, you know, deep, 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 deep down, they're still the same. That was weird.
0: Yeah, I was, I was really expecting a cynical lesson about because you need them to help you. But no, it's, it's just a genuine, compassionate thing for him. I feel like he's gone through this before. Maybe a, maybe a friend who made it in the acting business when he didn't. I don't know.
1: It's, it's, it's cute. It threw me off, though. If you go back and listen to that little speech, I swear they might have recorded it at a different time or earlier on in the show because his accent is a little more extreme than normal for sounding like like truly old mansy folksy. He says a few phrases. Mm. I can't even think of on my head now. Watch him talk about that again because he says some words in ways that he doesn't normally. Like, of course, he has his little cute drawl. But it's he he weirdly mushes together some words. I don't know. It just stood out to me. It's normally his performance doesn't stand out to me any more than, you know, it's hop hop and I love him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It had some like early season one vibe to me. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, the lesson was pretty simple for Anne. Honestly, pretty simple (laughs) structurally episode. But, you know, nice to watch.
0: Uh, it actually did not go quite the way I expected it to. I, as as soon as it's like, oh, look at how you know she's got the bright red warts. I, I expected there to be some revelation about why did these people like bright red warts so much. Do they expect Anne to do something? <laughs> but it was simpler, like the like the cart- old cartoon episodes were like, oh, hey we're going to sacrifice you you to the volcano now because that's what Islander people do because it's the 80s
1: and 90s and we don't know how people work. Right, but there was no twist. There was no like, oh, you're actually given this extra responsibility. No, she actually did just have the high life. Yep. Yeah.
0: And then it's like she decides to give it up even though apparently swamp berries are just as good. Not even uh, Toadstool was able to tell the difference. I mean, yeah, I was really expecting him to say, do you really think that you could pull that off? But no, he didn't even mention it.
1: In 2D animation, they look the same. So there you go. Yep. In this case, what we see drawn on, you know, the paper is actually how the characters apparently see the world. You know, why not? And they're, they're not so stupid that he can insult them to their faces and then tell them he didn't actually do that. So there is hope for them yet. Well, is there though? I can't remember how the mayor gets himself out of this one because he is 100% rejected and the election was upcoming. I I don't know how he wins back the people's favor. Well, he had a month to pull it off. Yeah, he must do it. I've already forgotten what happens in the next part of the season, so I'm interested to see him try to I guess worm his way up is an appropriate pun for frogs mm. maybe. They like worms.
0: You can you can always resort to good old-fashioned ballot box stuffing. So, and he would. <laughs> oh, he definitely would anything to keep living the high life on his nice fast
1: snail. Oh, yeah, I like that we, you know, just saw an episode about how to treat your snail nicely. So I'm already looking at this thing that's treated more like a sports vehicle and thinking, all right, that's sad. Yeah, did you see the Did you see the blinders it was wearing? Yeah, yeah, there's the weird... That's war horse
0: stuff right there. Oh, so sad. Well, I guess just horse stuff in general, but I don't know. There's something knightly about the way that
1: uh, snail looked. Well, I was thinking it like literally blinded the snail, though, <laughs> or something, or kept it focused only on go- going fast. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it distracted on what's going off on the periphery. That uh, that tends to spook horses, so. Yeah. But, you know, Bessie is a living, wonderful creature. Maybe all snails are. Bessie was great, and I loved seeing her and Anne bond. Yeah, it's good for them to establish this early on. It's It's very sweet. Although those those hedgehogs lurked for quite a while before striking, right, waited until the appropriate moment.
0: <laughs> Anne was Emma's Ann lucky they let her read. Maybe
1: they were intrigued by the by the story as well. Seemed reasonable they were waiting for their part in the story to come up. <laughs> Must have been. But uh
0: you know I, I do disagree with Hop Pop that uh, as as engaging as Bessie's history is, You don't need to know Bessie's history because what I, what was in that manual or what was in that history book, I should say, was exactly what I thought that it would be. It was, uh, you know, if this, then do this. You don't need to have all the flowery stuff. I don't need to know what it's called when you do a parsnip or what, whatever saying
1: the lady you didn't pay Miller in time. Sure. You could tell Anne that her vehicle needs X, Y, and Z, but but she wouldn't read it if it didn't have the excellent story, right? What and would you? You know, you need the relationship. You need you need the bond to exist to even want. Yeah. To execute the tasks, you know. I I I do think that
0: it all worked out for the best. But really, it should have been. You know, if, if I were if I were in that that writer's room, I would have pitched. How about we instead make it? Oh, he has a. And I know that they can't do this because Hot Pop is just a very flowery dude. But it's like, why can't we have just a simple, you know, if this, then this, and Anne's not going to read it because it's boring. But Then he hooks her in by giving her the same information with uh, with the heartfelt story that is much more authentic to Hop-Pop anyway.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. The book is authentic to Hop-Pop, so I appreciate, you know, these details building up Hop-Pop as this person who has this expressive soul. And, it, you know, takes place in more than one medium. It's very endearing. Yeah.
0: Hop-Hop's a... He's not quite a Benson, but uh, he becomes quite relatable quite quickly, despite his role as the no-fun
1: authority figure. <laughs> I like that comparison. Hop-Hop, though, is so much sweeter, right? Like, Benson, sure, you learn to understand him, but man, he's just a surface jerk, right? Whereas Hop-Hop, there's never... They, not, they don't try to fake you out with thinking that he doesn't absolutely love and care for Anne and have not an, uh, you know, huge, vulnerable, weak spots in his personality. So, And Charlie Bigbottom, he loves him, too. Right. (laughs) Yeah, he can say no to the pet, but secretly. He's just crying about his own lost pet internally. Technically, Spriggs lost pet, but, you know, Spriggs' pet
0: became his pet by way of Spriggs' inaction. Exactly.
1: Yeah, these episodes fly by, don't they? They do. I mean, honestly... I I would say that's a good thing because they're really entertaining and they're not too much to think about, which is nice. <laughs> that's that's good TV. It I amphibia is so pleasant in in the first season where we get a bunch of episodes like this that endear you to the characters, like truly endear you. And now I'm seeing pictures of Super
0: Saiyan Anne walking with look at all of my glyphs lose and just March 19th written on them, and I'm like, oh boy.
1: (laughs) Right. I have a lot to catch up on, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, when did this become more like (laughs) the Owl House, right? Because, you know, as we're covering that, it's that, right? The presentation's so much different. That show really wants you to start thinking about things, and Amphibia is not interested in rushing into the world. Doing the Steven Universe slow burn. It, uh, It truly is. I, Really enjoy that. But even Steven Universe wanted to give you more hints. I'd say Amphibia is fairly firm in only focusing on characters and relationships for pretty much all of season one.
0: Yeah, you got to make them care about the world. That's what Amphibia is doing. That's what Steven Universe did. You know, here are the characters. Here's the world they live in. Get to know them all. They'll be important later. That's the one thing I don't like about the Owl House is it, I don't want to say I don't like, I, I regret that we did not have an extra season before all the plots started kicking in. Mm-hmm. Like, I know so little about the Owl House, the, the boiling aisles, the world it all takes place in,
1: because we had to get to the story arc. Yeah. I mean, it really does have the side effect of you, like, there has to be a reason for the lore, right? I mean, sometimes lore is interesting on its own, but. It's the relationship to these characters that, you know, makes it so important. Yeah.
0: Tying it into Bessie's history. Yeah, you you, you could just write down, you know, if attacked by predators, you know, tell Bessie this and she'll run away and then, you know, use the secret
1: berries if they're still on your tail. But are you going to remember
0: that without the wonderful story attached to it?
1: Yeah, honestly, there's, you know, a little meta commentary even in there. It's almost like caring about the character is something that's important, even, you know, literally in the text of the show. In the text of the text of the <laughs> show, in fact.
0: Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Antheft Theft Auto and Breakout Star. Join us next week. Until then,
1: I'm GC13. And I'm David. And I just checked, apparently we actually hit 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So, wow, it uh, happened very slowly over, uh, you know, maybe six years. But thank you so much, uh, everyone that's listening out there, old and new. It's you know, kind of cool to know that uh, people are listening and are enjoying it. So hopefully we can keep you sticking around and make it to 101 reviews sometime soon. Later, everybody.
0: Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.